It's almost like riding a bike. We're back here with episode number 39. Oh, buddy. Of the Coffee and Code cast. Yeah, that's right. Podcast where we talk about neither coffee or code. I'm Kyle Johnson. And I'm Mike Sheehan. Today on the cast, well, we've got some catching up to do. We've been gone for a few weeks, so we'll uh, fill you in on what we've been up to. Uh, we've, Of course, looks like we've got some Tesla news again today. A little <laughs> bit of a, a recap on your road trip and uh, some Apple news. Some sad news. Johnny Ive is leaving Apple. Him and his aluminium. Aluminium. And uh, our topic for today is uh, about goal setting in your organization. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And some other good stuff in there, too. Bullshit. Bullshit. Well, our bullshit. Yeah, there's always... We got to leave a lot of room for the bullshit, <laughs> man. Come on. That's just... A, that's a given. That goes without saying, buddy. It's, uh, it's good to be back here. Yeah, well, welcome back. Hey, man, what have you been up to the last couple of weeks? Well, I've done a lot of traveling. That's why we've been missing the show here a couple of times. Uh, you've been traveling. I've been traveling. Yep. Both yep. Uh, planned vacations and not. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So, well, we're back here. We've done a live show. We're early. We're on a Tuesday here because uh, Mike's got more travel. He's got to rack up those miles. Mileage run. Yeah. Hey, man, you got you know, you to do a lot of flying if you want to keep status on two airlines <laughs> these days. <laughs> yeah. First world problems. One is not enough, man. Yeah. Delta and Alaska. Yeah. I'm probably gonna switch to Delta though. Fully to Delta. You're you're off the Alaska bandwagon. I think I think I like what happened? I just think that Delta is a better experience. I, I will use Alaska when it's convenient to do so, but um, my loyalty will probably switch. I just think that they have a better lounge experience. They've got a lot they've got a lot of hot dishes. In the lounge. <laughs> you like the hot food. A lot of hot eats. Speaking of hot food, Mr. Gomer Pyle here, one of our, uh, one of our regular trusty listeners. listeners here. What the hell is he doing? Looks like he's going through the drive-thru at the KFC right now. He, he sent us a video or an image <laughs> of the, uh, the new uh, KFC Cheetos sandwich. Looks horrible, by the, the way. What the fuck is this, man? I'm, I am looking forward to the review. Wow. We better get a review here, a full play-by-play. Yeah, Gomer, I want to see this, man. Yeah, let me know what's going on here. So it looks like it's a chicken sandwich that's uh, breaded in Cheetos. <laughs> and they say that we have an obesity epidemic in the country here. Let me get a zoom in on that. Oh, you can get a lover's box. What's a lover's box? I don't. I can't read it. It's too small. That sounds interesting. Apparently, that Android phone that he's using doesn't have good quality. I, yeah, that camera looks kind of yeah, a little grainy there. Yeah. That's why you got to have this Apple gear, man. This is why we have the high quality stuff. High quality, dude. We don't exactly. mess around. Yeah. yeah. Fucking upgrade. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. It's good to be back. It's good. I know that you were gone, I think, two weeks ago, right? Uh, somewhat unexpected. Uh, yeah, there's a death in the family. So I yeah. think the day we were going to record, I was kind of packing and preparing to get out of here. So we, we yep. didn't do the show two weeks ago. Yeah. And then we just kind of failed to plan appropriately and you were out. Last Wednesday. Well, yeah, because you got back. I think you didn't. I think you got back Tuesday, right? Maybe and, that was it. And um, and so you you got back Tuesday night, maybe. And I was leaving Wednesday to go to Sac. Yeah, the old Sacramento office. And so I was down there for a few days. I was uh, right. uh, at QW Sac for a few days, and then I decided to spend the weekend in in San Francisco. So that was kind of fun too. Yeah. That. How was that? Did you? Uh, what did you do just besides strolling around and? Digging, you know, going to the old haunts. Yeah, that was really it. I didn't have a lot of time. So, uh, you know, we had Mike Davis on the cast a few months ago. He's one of the guys, one of our developers down in Sacramento. He uh, he was kind enough to give me a ride down to the uh, ferry in Vallejo Friday afternoon. And so we cut out of work and uh, had a beer down there. And then I took the ferry in. So I had a little time Friday night just to kind of hang. I stayed at the Hyatt 
uh, which is excellent down there on the Embarcadero. And I had a great view of the ferry terminal. So it was, uh, I think I put some photos on Instagram, but it was a really sweet view, man. You got the um, Golden Gate Bridge and the waterfront and all that shit. So And you were high up. So you had a great yeah. perspective, not only of the ferry building and the water behind it and all that kind of thing. But yeah, you had a great Yep. I was up perch. on the 10th floor, so it was pretty good. And I didn't know this. I've never been inside before this visit. And um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird looking hotel because it's... Um, if you're coming from the ferry terminal itself, looking across the street, uh, it's the one that's kind of like an angled building. So it's like either this triangular kind of slope to it. And um, inside, uh, the, it's, all, it's all hollow. And so you can look straight up to the ceiling. And like, it's kind of weird because each floor kind of comes in a little bit further. And uh, it has this neat effect. But it's the, apparently, it's the largest hotel lobby in the world. That's the claim. Um, yeah, it's big. I don't know. So that was fun. I did that. I just kind of lounged around a bit, went out Friday night. And then Saturday, I pushed my flight back. It was originally like a four o'clock flight. And I said, you know, it's such a nice day. It was in the 70s. It was sunny. So I moved my flight to about eight o'clock. I thought you were going to tell me you moved it back so you could sit in the lounge for a while. Oh, yeah, man. Well, I got to tell you, I have a little lounge story because uh, Alaska does not have an official lounge in SFO. And so I... uh, uh, the the lounge they partner with is the Cafe Pacific Lounge, and so a couple things cool about that. One, so I was in Terminal Two, but the lounge is in the International Terminal, and I didn't know you could do this, but I was able to use my um, my ticket to get into the International Terminal. I'd go through security there, and so even though it wasn't where my departing gate was from, I was able to get in and still go to the lounge. And uh, yeah, Cafe Pacific, those guys are doing it right, man. They had some good food there. They had like a uh, a noodle bar. And so I had a dumpling, like a dumpling ramen soup with bok choy. All right. Pretty fancy. Yeah. Sounds fancy. And it was a, uh, it was a little trouble. It could have been a little trouble if I had more time because it was kind of a, uh, serve yourself DIY bar. So open bar. Yeah. Open bar. I've yeah. seen a couple of those now. That's a little weird to see. It's a little strange. There's yeah. just a bunch of bottles sitting there and yeah. you know, if you need to fill up your flask before the flight, I guess you could just help yourself. <laughs> It's uh, it's self service. We thank you for your service. You right. Know, thanks for uh, thanks for being a, a an Alaska customer. A little bit better digs than you know the mac and cheese and little Smokies or something they have at some of the you know Delta yeah. Lounge has usually decent food. Well, I some, like what they warm, do, but yeah, and and especially uh, in the bigger one, what it's over by the A gates. Right. They have uh, that's primarily Delta's wing. It's nice. Yeah. It's really nice. And they have uh, a variety of things. It's like a Tom Douglas spread or something like that. So I think last time they had, yeah, they have the mac and cheese, but they had a few other things too. So yeah, it was a good lounge. This was fun. It was a good one. Also, another lounge related news, the Alaska has their new flagship uh, lounge opening up July 12th in the N terminal. C-tac. Oh, well, see, you're going to be hopping right back to Alaska then when that's completed. So yeah, whatever has the best one. Yeah. <laughs> Better have some good food, but it doesn't seem like they're changing much. They're going to, I mean, it's, it's a bigger lounge, but they're not changing the program. So they're, they usually have like a couple soups on, hmm. which is fine. You know, if yeah. you, you got to get by, have a couple soups, but I'd really like some eats. Yeah. Oh, well. They have hey. a good mixer at Delta, but it looks like, uh, we got a little hello, hello from from Karen. Oh, I don't see that. Oh, there they are. Yep. Did you get that? Yeah. Welcome back go. to Iowa. They just, re- they just Hello arrived back, f- back to Iowa from Seattle. They were here uh, a few days after some additional travel that we had done to Bozeman, Montana. So. That's right. You were in Montana too. Yeah. 
we've been all over the place, man. <laughs> There's been a lot of travel Jeez, going on. In the last two weeks, like we've been to four different places. Yeah. This actually ties nicely into the next topic. We, we can get into the Tesla news here. Oh, gosh. It's only eight minutes in, man. We have to jump <laughs> to that right already? <laughs> well, we might as well. Why all not? Right. Go ahead. Go for I it. I don't like your attitude with the Tesla news anymore. <laughs> Well, we just need to talk more. Maybe it should be like Elon news, and then we can talk about more expansive topics like SpaceX and the Falcon Heavy. Um, they just had another big launch, too, uh, last week. Oh. Why didn't you add that to the show notes? Uh, I, I forgot about the show notes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, was, I was taking a nap on the couch before this. All right. My bad. But, yeah, we took a, a pretty long-distance trip to Bozeman, Montana. It was, uh, what, 1,450 miles. I think that's – is that one way? I don't remember. To um, Bozeman? Probably. <clears throat> yeah. From here, I would say so. Pretty healthy trip. Yeah. Uh, longest trip I've taken in the Tesla by far. Um, and it was great. It was, a, it was a really fantastic experience. I think we had to stop and charge maybe three or four times each direction. Okay. Uh, usually the charging was not charging from empty to full. You know, it, you didn't run it down to like you would in a car where you're like, oh, I have 50, 50 miles remaining or something like that. I'm close to the E. I'm going to go fill up. You don't right. want to pu- push your luck. Right. You only have, yeah, because you only have filling stations in Tesla terms uh, So f- every so often. And the way that you'd want to do it is the, the lower end of the battery charges much faster than the higher end. Okay. So in other words, empty to half, you could charge probably at double or triple the speed as you can from the, the half to full. Interesting. So the more that you stay at the bottom end of it, you know, the, the better you are. So what they would usually have you do is start full from, from home or from wherever it is you're launching from and then kind of drain it all the way down to maybe 50 miles, 60 miles remaining. And then you would stop at a station, fill for maybe 15 minutes. That would probably get you 100 miles. Wow. Something like that. And then you do that again at the next station. So you just kind of keep hitting it, you know, a, a quick 10 or 15 minute, which was nice because you get out, you walk around, use the restroom, what grab a coffee. What kind of facilities do they have on the grounds there? Is it kind of a primitive, uh, like a rest area kind of a thing or... Are they pretty nice? So most of the stops are in, seem to be either in or around hotel parking lots. Oh, okay. That's um, Usually like on the outer perimeter. Um, a lot of them are around some sort of eating establishment. Like a lot of them are Starbucks. Some of them are pizza place, whatever. There's usually something around. Yeah. So that's kind of what oftentimes they want you to to utilize. I'd um, probably pop into the hotel bar myself. There you go. That's a good. I didn't consider that. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent, man. Now these chargers too, there's multiple generations of these Tesla chargers, right? So are, are these the 480 volt chargers or what do you run into there? It's kind of a mix. I don't know what the voltage on them is. It's uh, currently they're all the generation two. So Gen I think two? We, I think we talked about the supercharger version three, but the only one of those that exists today is outside of the Fremont factory. Okay. Um, so all of them are ge- generation two. The highest um, charge speed uh, in terms of miles per hour gained. Yeah. Uh, at some points, we were charging at 600 plus oh, miles no per hour. Yeah. Hey, excellent, man. But again, that's only on the bottom part of the battery. If you get kind of halfway, then it slows down pretty significantly, 400, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, uh, I don't really understand how that works, but the whole what does it take total? A couple hours if you wanted to get all the way full? Uh, no, it's probably an hour total. That's not bad at all. Yeah. That's really not bad. It also depends on how many people are charging at the time that you're you're in there. So if there's six stalls available, if those are all full, then the the, the, the load is divided amongst oh, other vehicles. Oh, that's right. They were working on. Isn't there like another future generation they're coming out with yep. that is that's dedicated power? Yep. Version three would not have that problem. Yep. Yeah, that's right. So it was really cool, and it was a time to socialize too. It's kind of funny because it's 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 a little bit like a little enthusiast club. 
right? You you park your car and everybody's got nothing to do. Yeah, they're all standing around or sitting in their car or whatever. Everybody wants to talk about their Tesla and how they, their experience with the Tesla. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everybody's pretty friendly. So we talked about that, and lo and behold, we found somebody that uh, knew a town that was ten minutes from my little hometown in Northwest Iowa, middle really? of nowhere. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. Small world. Right. That's pretty so, cool. It was good. And then how about the handling on the highway? Did you have it in like semi-autonomous mode? Oh, yeah. It drove us all the way here. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. No, it was great. Still have the only problem that I complain about the most is the, if you're if you're driving in the right lane and an on-ramp is coming on and suddenly like the, the line markers are gone because yeah. the on-ramp is coming on, it'll, it'll want to try and get into the middle. Oh. You know, as much as it can stay in the middle, it wants to stay in the middle. So that mm. that's a little annoying that it kind of wants to veer out of the yeah. the lane a little bit, or at least it seems like it does. But uh, other than that, it, it performed flawlessly. Oh, that's pretty cool, yeah. man. It that's did great. shut off during a few storms. Yeah. Yeah. Gives you a warning and says, you know, can't read the sensors anymore because the rain's coming down too hard or whatever. But Wow. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, most of the way there. It was great. Mm, that's awesome. I even turned on the autonomous lane switching. Yeah. So like it didn't even have to warn me. It just... Switch lanes. Oh, that's cool. Which was nice. Worked perfectly. Wow. Yeah. And you, you're in good shape now. You got your uh, your phone unlocks the car and all that. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. That's all working. That's good. I wish I would have had that a long, long time ago. That's like one of the best features of the car, I think. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like it. It sounds like it's just kind of a hassle to have to do it the other way right. with the card or whatever. Yeah. And to tie on to that, once we got home, since my parents came, we did a little, uh, I did a little project and installed a new charging mechanism at the house yeah so instead of using 110 now i can use two what is it 220 220 i got the old nema 1450 double the power more than double the power we were charging at five miles an hour before oh now we're charging at like 26 oh that's great so we can go empty to full and in, in an evening even if you know if we were away at the end whereas before it would we would probably have Oh, you getting a uh, oh boy! You getting an alarm there? That's time for my eye drops, is what that means. Get your uh, get your eye drops out. I got to get my roids in my eyes right now. All right, go grab them real quick if you need I to. Have them right here. Oh, you got them there. Yeah. Okay, that's good. All right, we're gonna take five. We'll, we'll more, move on uh, from the Tesla news Kyle, because I'm sure Mike doesn't want to talk uh, about it. His anymore. eye drops on. Uh, you know that's fine. I I don't mind talking about Tesla every once in a while. I guess. Just every once in a while. Yeah. All right. I want to talk about SpaceX, dude. They had a big launch. It was a week ago. It would have been Monday night, Tuesday morning. Yeah, it was like it got it got delayed. There was a multi-hour launch window, and because of the weather, I think they had to wait a little bit. Um, oh, you got a little bit of a yeah. There you go. Got to wipe up there. Yeah, you're looking better now. Okay. Um, anyway, yeah, this was a this was a pretty exciting launch. They it it was the what was it like the largest payload I think that they've sent up in Falcon Heavy so to date so far. And there were several different projects, missions that went up there. So there was, uh, I forgot exactly what they were doing. There's some government stuff. There was some NASA projects that got launched. Something about a, some kind of global or sometimes like a deep space atomic clock was hmm. one of the things they launched up there. And then a few other satellites and uh, I don't know, some other shit. There was a solar foil that they, uh, this thing's pretty cool. This was... Um, it's supposed to go into de- like you know the further outer reaches of space. Like, and the way it works is that this thing deploys, and it's a huge uh, solar screen, and just got a, and it uses uh, solar energy to propel itself basically uh, further into space. I don't know. I don't have the notes on that, but there were some pretty cool things that they did. the The boosters both made it back, but the the main stage missed. I guess it was the hardest 
re-entry they've ever tried to do of the main core booster. Is that the one that they had the ship with a gigantic V-shaped net that they were trying to catch it in? That's for the fairing. So like the when they have the payload, they have a, the fairing is at the top of the rocket, and that's what um, opens up when, okay. the, when the payload's inside. Um, the ship caught uh, one half of it, which was the first time they've been able to do that. Okay. I mean, that's pretty amazing. That, that, that thing just falls back to, you know, to Earth. And so they got some kind of fucking ship out there, like <laughs> zipping around, <laughs> trying to figure out where this thing's going to land. Yeah. And they caught half of it. Um, so, yeah. So that was a success. Um, no, the, the, the main retrieval of the center stage. The, so here, here's an interesting thing. Here's how it works. Like, so basically the two side, I don't know what it's called, but the two side boosters, I guess you can call them. Um, those are the ones that all also land back, you know, they retract and land. Yeah. And then they, um, they have the, uh, I think those land, they can either land on land or on the barge. And so the barge is called, um, of course, I still love you. What's the name of the barge? <laughs> Not Bodie McBoatface. Not Bodie McBoatface. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, so the barge, uh, was trying to catch the main one and the main one had a hard time landing. It was coming from, I mean, I guess the. The, the rate of, uh, because it was so high up, like it had a, what did they say? The acceleration, just like coming back, was greater than before. And so trying to get it to navigate, and then something went wrong. One of the internal components failed or something, and so it missed the, it missed the barge by a few feet and then sank, blew up. Hmm. It was pretty cool. I read another interesting, if you want to go down SpaceX route here, the... Uh, internet satellites that we talked about. What was the name of those? Starlink. Starlink. Yeah. They uh, reported that they are in contact with all but two of that's, those satellites still. That's incredible. How many um, did they launch? Was it 60-some? Or this was it more was, than that? This was 60. Yeah. yeah. The goal is ultimately uh, 12,000. <laughs> Jesus. It's insane. I mean, 12,000 satellites, that's going to provide global broadband, high-speed internet, it's in low Earth orbit, so it's like low latency. It's going to be yeah. super fast. It'll pretty much get rid of every other ISP. I don't know how ISPs yeah, are going to survive that. I don't know about that. That's not what they're looking to do. They're just looking to get this into other other areas that are, that don't have internet services. I don't think they're That's trying true. to be the the ISP of the world. Although, why not? I mean, why not? Yeah. You know, Elon has you know nothing else better to do. So why not have an internet company too? Sure. Sounds great. Yeah. Hey, Christine just joined us. Bodie oh. McBoatface already made my night. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is Gomer doing here? So, okay, Gomer, we're checking back in here. You know, he was at the KFC getting a Cheetos sandwich. <laughs> we're checking in. This is a riveting part of the show right here. <laughs> Not pictured as some Cheeto-dusted popcorn chicken because they didn't put it in the bag, and the new Mountain Dew is awful. Well, yeah, I'm not one star. That. One star. The sandwich tastes as expected: a rather plain chicken sandwich with cheese, and then an odd crunch from the gaggle of Cheetos underneath. One star. Yeah, I'm gonna pass on that. So uh, go get your Cheetos KFC chicken sandwich. Yeah, if you want to be disappointed, we're not uh, we're not getting a sponsorship from them anytime soon. I think I'll just go to Alvarado's instead, man. <laughs> I'm not really interested in that. What? Yeah. Oh, very cool. Okay. Well. uh... Okay, so we covered SpaceX. Do you have any other Tesla news for us? Uh, I better get. I better leave it at that. You sure? That yeah, was, that was a pretty quick recap for you. Oh, I thought you might I have mean, a few more things in here somewhere. Nah. Okay. Well, very good. Shall we move along? I suppose. I mean, we're doing pretty good, aren't we? No, we got some. Oh yeah, we should move along. <laughs> Johnny Ive. Big news in the Apple world. Aluminium. Yeah. 
He's Johnny like, Ive. If you don't know who he is, he's the head of design in um, Apple. You know what we should do? Uh, we should play a little clip. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna pull him up here. Let me make Hang sure. Hang on. Don't wrap that up yet because I still have Spotify. <laughs> you don't want your house music? We got the house. We got All the right. royalty free house music, so we don't get kicked off of Facebook. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with Johnny Ive, he's responsible for many iconic Apple products. He's responsible for these MacBook designs. He's responsible for the iPhone design, Apple Watch design. Yeah. Um, very, de- you know, he's, he's the face of the design team at Apple. He used to do a lot of their keynotes and their conferences um, and used to speak a lot over a lot of their videos. He narrated them. And so the clip that Mike is trying to pull up here would be... Fire it up. Let's see what happens. All right, let's get I, don't, I don't know what we got. We're going to try it. This is the first one I found. Come on, Johnny. Hmm. Gotta get the intro. Aluminium is naturally strong <laughs> and lightweight. Aluminium. <laughs> it's nice. He did it right away. Aluminium. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that, man. That was kind of a shocker. It was. I don't think anybody expected that. Yeah. I was curious as to, you, you never see him anymore. No. You know, he used to be, like I said, in all the keynote addresses, any any new hardware product that they would announce, he would do the video yep. over, you know, um, narration and tell you how sleek and wonderful it is. Yeah. I mean, he put a lot, added a lot of, uh, you know, color to right. the uh, marketing products. Right. And clearly an iconic designer. Yeah. Um, I don't know. How do you feel about it? How do you feel about his departure from Apple? I think it's inevitable. I mean, he's been around for a long time, so I'm sure he wants to move on to other things. I don't know. I don't I don't really know what's going on. I know there was some controversy about it. There was a critical story that came out, I think, in the Wall Street Journal um, that said uh, it talked about the la- his last few years there, and it made it sound like he was just kind of checked out and um, was blowing off meetings and... Working from home a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe just, just like tired of it. Like it ran its course, you know. Um, Tim Cook came out and, and denied that and just said it was absurd that that wasn't the case at all. But um, yeah, I mean, he'd been doing it for a, for a long, long time. He was working with Steve, you know, way back in the day. So. Right. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm bummed. Yeah. It said here, it said Mr. Ive grew frustrated as Apple's board became populated by directors with backgrounds in finance and operations rather than technology. I mean, I could see some of that happening too. The company has changed a lot under Tim Cook, and I mean, in a lot of ways for the better. But also too, I think they've they've lost a little bit of their edge. That when Steve left and passed, like you know, it's hard. It's hard to you can't really replace that. But I think too, I I don't know. I'm mixed on this. Like I know his status as an icon in terms of design and the things that he's created. Yeah. But I also think like his time has to your point, run his course. Like I, mm-hmm. I feel like he's not, he's no, there's no longer innovation for him to do in the minimalistic style. Yeah. That's, that's his, his signature style is minimalism, which is why you see, you know, beautiful flat surfaces with very little detail on them. And right. um, even, even iOS um, is a very minimalistic style. Uh, it went from kind of, um, what did they used to call that uh, particular style before he did it, where it was kind of like they emulated real life things in design. Mm. there's a skeuomorphism oh okay is what it's called and then they went to the flat design because it's much more minimal you know so everything that he's done is very minimal and i feel like that's just like they've gone so far to that side there's really nowhere else he can take it right like what else are you going to make you can't minimalize this anymore I i think what's interesting is that apparently he did not work on the airpods or the redesigned iphone x and i just i just have to wonder 
like how I can't see him doing like the, this design with the notch to me does not seem like a Johnny Ive signature design. Like right. I, I just wonder if that was a committee or something like that, or if there was, or if he was, like you said, checked out and yeah. just wasn't a part of that particular decision. And maybe he became such a stickler for these types of things that, that eventually Tim Cook basically overrode him and said, you know what, listen, like if you're not going to get on board here and we're not going to move forward, we're going to, we're going to just eliminate yeah. you or not eliminate you, but ignore you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So be. to me, I, I, I kind of feel like personally, this is going to be a breath of fresh air into Apple. It's going to give other people the opportunity to show their design prowess and potentially allow the platforms and the hardware to expand to something that, that, Johnny hasn't influenced, which I think is both scary and I think could be very exciting at the same time, right? Something different. It's something different. It could be scary because that's what Apple is. He's been there yeah. for so long that that's kind of like defined what Apple does and is. But yeah, um, I don't think it's a bad thing that we move to a new paradigm and a new design. Sure. New form factors, whatever it may be. I think it's time for some fresh air and fresh blood. I think that's fine. I think that's, uh, yeah, I, I'm good with that. And I think also, you know, he's, he's obviously made a lasting impression there and I'm sure that his ideas are not going to go away because he's gone either. You know, I think that could still, his influence there will be felt for a while to come. I think there's just a lot of other people that came up under him, I'm sure. And, and so, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. It'll be a slow transition Yeah, to your point. And, and, and these pieces of hardware aren't going anywhere anytime soon. You know, and I'm sh- I, I don't know if, did it say in the article if you had any kind of impact on the the Mac Pro that was just announced? I don't know about that. Yeah, I didn't see anything in there about the Mac Pro. Yeah. Uh, the old cheese grater. Right. Well, cheese grater V2 because there was a cheese grater before the little round one. Hmm. Ooh, there was a five minute video on the design of the Mac Pro that he did. Uh-huh. I don't know if that was. They must his- have not played that. They didn't play that during the keynote, did they? No, it says it was not shown. At yeah. WWDC or the, hmm. um, what do they say about that? It's very possible too, that they already knew he was on the way out at that point. Featuring Johnny that wasn't shown at WWC. He said there are no compromises. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure not for a $6,000 base model <laughs> yeah, right. desktop computer. I don't think there would be any compromises. Right. <laughs> Shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's not, it doesn't say a whole lot here. Da, 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 da. Who knows? Who knows yeah. if he did it or not? Yeah, I was just curious as to what your what your kind of gut check feeling was. I mean, I know just like Steve, he's going to be missed in certain ways, but you know, yeah. I think for him especially, I think the the time for new ideas, I think it's much needed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, I read some articles too because he was heavily influenced influenced the Apple Watch. Oh, okay. Right, and he very much wanted them to become a fashion company, which that I never understood. Oh, you wow. remember the like the the Hermes version and all these like super, mm-hmm. like you could get the Apple watch for like $400 or you could pay like five grand, grand. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. get like a gold band and a, right. you know, whatever. And I'm just like, come on, man. Like, that's not what you are. You're a technology company. Yes. Yeah. Like people, your products are expensive already. <laughs> like you don't mm-hmm. need to get into being expensive for the sake of being expensive. Right. Well, obviously they know it works because you know, this, this new computer coming out is ridiculous. But I don't know if that's true because there's art in that same article, like they talked about how many of those very fashiony watches that just sat like, oh, they that didn't, they didn't, they never move. sold. Right. 
My problem with, with the watch, I would like to get one at some point, but I, I like different watches and I have several now. You got me one uh, as a gift once and I have a few others and I feel like if I had an Apple watch, then I'd have to wear that all the time. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not particularly keen on the design. I mean, it's okay, right. but I do like, you know, classic, typical watches, watch it's, pieces. It is very simple and it, it, it's just a black screen, yeah. you know, and there's no design to it. Same same type of idea, right? Like that's a a fashion piece. Yeah. Um, and and the and the face is a big part of that fashion statement for right? sure. Yeah, I'd like a round Apple Watch. I think that I mean, I don't think you're alone in yeah. that in that. That would appeal to me. I would like right. that. And then I think you could uh, get a much bigger form factor with a round. Yeah. 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 Think about it with all the what do they call those? Not widgets, but like the little. Yeah, the little applications that show up on yeah. there. Yep. You could do a lot with that. Yeah, you could have a lot more of them on there. So I don't know. I'm on the on the other side of it. I do like the idea, especially with the new uh, generation of the watch, because what it has cellular now. It does. And so in theory, you don't even need to bring your phone like you could just have your watch. Right. Yep. And I guess you could make calls, too. I don't know how that would work. Like, is there enough battery to do calls on that thing? It does work. And I can tell you from experience yesterday, this thing saved my bacon. What happened? I was t- I took a car to go home. Okay. And I stuck my, my phone in the cup holder as I was driving home. And I got out of the car and forgot about the phone being there. So oh. I lock up the car. And when you get out of the car in Cartago, if you're not familiar, the car automatically locks behind you. You get 12 seconds to get right. GTFO. Yep. So I'm like basically to my front door. And I'm like, oh, shit, I don't have my phone. Mm-hmm. And then I turn around and I'm like, damn it. So now I'm like, okay, now what the hell am I going to do? Because Christina's not there. Uh, she was out and about. So I was like, okay, how am I going to get this? phone out of there because i can't call it's in the car yeah so i'm like shit what am i gonna do and then i remembered oh this has cellular on it so you're able to punch in a phone number wow i had my airpods in my pocket so i slapped those in and i was able to call and have them unlock the phone no way via my watch no way save my bacon that's awesome yeah it's great yeah i think that'd be good for me you know like you know last summer i lost a lot of things (laughs) it's strapped to your person you'll be fine if i had the watch i probably wouldn't be losing as many phones right yeah. Maybe you so. just take that out and you don't bring a phone. Well, exactly. I don't bring the phone. I don't bring the wallet. And then I'm covered, man, because I've got Apple Pay. There you go. So Does I Fuel just, take Apple Pay? No, that oh. would be a problem. That would be a problem. <laughs> I can't. I got to get those guys on Apple Pay and yeah. I'll be, then I'll be good to go. There you go. Um, you know, because I don't get ID'd there or anything like that. So I don't need to carry an ID around. So what the hell? That'd be pretty slick. <laughs> just my Apple Watch. Yeah. I would have saved a lot of money with that last year. That's coming. Someday they'll someday we'll be there. Your ID will be on there. Everything will be on there. Or you'll scan it and they'll be like, oh, yeah, you're Mike Sheehan. You have blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I, I have to say, like, the ID thing, that we need a little more modern technology around identification because uh, I lost my ID, and uh, it's a pain in the ass. To, you can't fucking do anything without an ID. How would you manage this now? Yeah, I didn't tell you this story. This <laughs> happened while you were away. Oh. And, uh, yeah, I, I basically... I'm not going to get into all the details um, right now, but <laughs> effectively, uh, after the Wu-Tang concert, uh, oh. my wallet uh, and my phone were uh, confis- were taken from me. They were stolen. Ah, Both. not confiscated. Not confiscated. <laughs> they were stolen. <laughs> okay. Um, and, so, and so, yeah, essentially, like, you know, just trying to get all those things back together. And some, they basically went down to Auburn and racked up like $3,000. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. And so part of the problem is that I had too many cards in there. I had, you know, I had my business debit, my personal debit. And so they grabbed money out of both of those. And then I had two credit cards and they 
tried to do a bunch of shit with those as well. They went down to Auburn and filled up the, like 10 cars full of gas and uh, went to the Walmart Supercenter and bought a bunch of shit. And were you able to recover all your funds? Yeah, I got everything back. But um, And the shitty thing is I just got an enhanced license from the DMV down here about a month ago. And so I went back in because I was traveling last week and I was like, well, I need to get my ID. And so I went in to the DMV and unfortunately they don't issue replacement cards in person. Like they ship them in the mail. And so um, normally I have a passport and a passport card. They both expired in April. And, and in order to get a renewal, you have to send in the old one. <laughs> so I got a passport photo and sent in the old passport and the old passport card. So I didn't have those IDs on me either. So I'm, I'm basically without ID right now. Wow. Um, the only good thing is that I have clear and, you know, you can just use biometrics to get through the airport. And so I didn't have to show an ID uh, wow. last week. Hmm. The downside is I'm going to Omaha and they don't have clear there. So, but getting, you'll have your ID by then. I'm leaving tomorrow morning. I haven't gotten my license yet. <laughs> what are you going to do there? <laughs> well, supposedly you can TSA can verify your identity through other means, so you don't have to have an ID. It just might take a little longer. He's going to have to go to a side room and. So yeah, I'm going to get the full cavity search probably <laughs> at the old TSA pre-check. That'd off, be great. You know, station over in Omaha. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I haven't checked the mail today. Fingers crossed that the passport or the uh, the license came back. But if not, I will be... Uh, having a good time. Having a good time in security down there. So <laughs> That's yeah. a good story. You didn't tell me that. Yeah. 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 Well, we haven't had a lot of time to reconnect, you know, since uh, this week. It's been kind of a quick week. But yeah. But yeah, that's that was my unpleasant uh, happening or like a little over a week ago. It was like a week ago, Friday. Wu-Tang. Wasn't worth it, man. Hmm. Wasn't worth it. Wasn't a good chill? It was fine. All right. The problem is there's a lot of people in the clan. So like everybody's up there with a microphone. <laughs> yep. Hollering and hooting and yelling and yep. running around. So uh, it was fine. You know, I heard I'm not I'm not a huge listener anyway. So some of that stuff, I just didn't know. I didn't know a lot of their music. I guess, yeah, so I would be the same way. I think I know two songs. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, yep, that's what happened. And uh, I've got most of my stuff back fortunately the the phone what was the other thing too you know like it, it's it's really frustrating because so much of uh what we do is on the phone as well and so um, i went to the apple store and i have the theft and loss uh, protection plan but even with that it's an insurance claim and it goes through some third party so you go to the apple store and you have the insurance that you bought at the apple store but they can't give you a new phone they have to send it in the mail <laughs> And it's coming from someplace in like Pittsburgh or something like that. Right. So, um, yeah, that's a whole other convoluted story. But long story short, I had a temporary phone that I purchased that has like a 14 day return policy on it <laughs> until I got the other phone in the mail and then, you know, got all that shit back together. So how many phones is this in a year? Ooh, yeah, that would still cover those last year, too. So that would be two pixel twos of. Nexus 5X <laughs> and an iPhone, I think four. I think we're up to four now. Well done. It's been a rough year, okay? I've been going through <laughs> going through some stuff. Things are looking up now. Things are looking better. Yeah. Yeah. That's enough of that. All right. Let's move on to goal setting. We can set some goals for you. Yeah, Not we, losing any phones this year. <laughs> we, we need we need some I need some goal setting. We can yeah. talk about that. Yeah. This week we had a, a couple of interesting meetings where we were talking about kind of figuring out what it was we wanted a particular committee or group kind of to be doing, right? What the goals were for it. 
Yeah, we have this. We can talk a little bit about this. We have a uh, we call what the architecture committee. Right. And this is a kind of a hybrid group of tech members, like a good cross section. So we've got guys in there that are kind of architect level guys. And uh, we've got software developers in there. IT ops. Right. Uh, data. Our data team is represented here. Yep. Um, and I think that's it's a pretty good cross section. Of, yeah. of most of the teams got a little bit of everybody in there yeah and it's really functioned over the last year or so is kind of uh i don't know what would you say just uh a lot of the decisions that we make across the organization and tech like come out of this group and so if we're trying to get new projects approved or there's something coming up we'll discuss the uh discuss the details in this group and then whatever we agree on is kind of what happens I think that's the idea of the, of the group. I don't know if that's the way it operates yeah. all the time um, through no fault of anybody's own. I, I, I think it's just, it's, it's such a large group and so many people with so many different uh, pieces of expertise that I don't know that, I mean, things get talked about, but I don't know that they always ever get hashed through fully. Yeah. De- decisions do get made. Um, we have recently done some decisions through, you know, with the data team. But I think they're. I think we're discovering that maybe this isn't maybe the appropriate format, or at least we're looking at other ways to to structure the meeting to make it a little bit more interesting for all the parties involved to make the larger group um, more effective and to come up with what exactly we expect that group to deliver. Right. Yeah, I would say so, because I think what we've run into lately has been um, it's not topical for everybody in the group. So because we have so many people from different parts of the tech organization, we might spend one meeting just devoted to talking about reporting needs or something like that. But it's relevant to the data guys, but maybe not relevant so much to the software or the DevOps guys. And so I think we've felt, I think everybody's felt at one point or another that, you know, maybe it's not always the most relevant for them. And so it's like, Oh, it's another meeting and I'm not really getting anything out of this. And yeah. How do we make it more effective? And so the, the last meeting we had was kind of a, I don't know, a bit of a brainstorming, I guess, if you will. Yeah. Kind of felt discombobulated. A lot of people throwing a lot of ideas out. Um, a lot of good ideas. I think there was a lot of really great ideas in there. Um, but I, I found myself during the meeting kind of feeling like, I don't know, we were just kind of firing all over the place, like just missing the target all over the place, right? Right. Left, right, yeah. up, down. Um, and, I, and we kind of sat in my office for a little bit and had a pretty good talk about it. And I think at least what I came up to, and I think you agree, is like we we are talking about goals that are, are so wide ranging from like the company that we work for, Quote Wizard, all the way from the top, all the way down to like maybe these like small working group type goals. So like in between there, You'd have quote wizard goals, you know, company type goals. You'd have yeah. the tech team as a whole, their goals. You'd maybe even have underneath that architecture team, which we were discussing, their goals. And then underneath that, you might even have, you know, subgroups, kind of working groups, and they might have their own goals. And I feel like we were kind of straddling all of those. And we didn't have a, a, a good, even from like Lending Tree down to quote wizard, down to the tech team. Down. You know, there's many pieces, many goals that need to filter down. Yeah. So it needs to be a top down approach. And I feel like we were missing both the quote wizard and the tech team goals in that conversation. 
Yeah, that was your main point that you brought up, and I agree, is that we, we need more clearly defined goals at that level to figure out how to function as a group, right? That's the kind of the pro- problem number one. Once we understand what the goals are for the team, then we can figure out how to organize a little better around that. And I thought that was a, this is an interesting kind of like, I don't know, epiphany for lack of a better word for me, because I remember back in the day, like they would do these like goal setting experiences and I would just be like, why the hell we got to do that? That's so much stupid BS, right? Waste of my time. Yeah, exactly. Like, why do I care? Yeah. Right. It doesn't affect me. Yeah. 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 But now I'm like the one calling out for it. Like, Hey, we need to, we need to make sure that we're all like all on the same page, kind of going to the same, same point here and not just kind of like flailing and, and doing our own thing. Well, it's a good, it's a good place to be because honestly, we've grown and matured as a company over the last few years in a pretty dramatic way. I mean, we were, I had this reflection yesterday when I was looking at our tech weekly uh, meeting that we have on Teams. We had 59 participants on Tuesday morning. And I remember when I started here five years ago, it was like almost exactly to the day, like um, there was like 10 of us that would get in the room. <laughs> and that was everybody, like management, tech, you know what I mean? Like the whole tech organization was like 10 people in one right. office. And now we've... Got 60 people in, what, four office locations? Well, I guess you've got Denver, Sacramento, Seattle, and we even have some folks now in New York in our SEO office. Yep. Uh, And then uh, Charlotte's kind of uh, HQ, parent company, so maybe not anybody there necessarily. but Not from here. Not from here. mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I think out of necessity, we have to think about how we organize in a different way because we're a different organization, and, uh, you know, my... My thinking on on what I'd like to see is more of, I call it like the patterns and practices group. Like we kind of need to have a group that uh, can define like, you know, certain facets of software development and how we structure and organize ourselves so that we're not reinventing the wheel with every new project. Yeah, and I agree with, I would agree with that. Um, And that's what we talked about quite a bit. And that kind of lends itself to kind of the very bottom of the stack, if you will, right? The yeah. the working group. So you might have a working group for the software development guys. You might have a working group for the the data guys. Yeah. You might have an you know there might be another one for PM. You know project management. There might be another one for I don't know IT ops. Right. The IT team. Yeah. And, and they're self organizing. That that would be the idea, is that you might have a head of each group, um, and those those groups can meet on some sort of cadence. Mm-hmm. Um. And as they meet, they kind of talk about things. But the, the question again becomes, what is it that they should be focused upon? And that should be coming from a top down, not just them saying like, oh, this is what we think is important at the moment. Right. We're not just creating work for ourselves, but it's something that's more of a, a directive from above. Right. And so so that's the so there's two pieces here. One is I think one objective is to have more clearly defined company and then tech goals. So we know what we're shooting for in the next 6, 12, 18 months, whatever the roadmap is. Uh, and the second piece is taking this group and, ma- and making it more effective by having work come out of these goals. So I imagine it's going to be things like new projects, right, that are going to come up. And then uh, the, the working groups themselves can deal with the minutia of, set of saying, like, how things need to be done in each of those areas. Like, we know, for example, that the software needs to be done a certain way and everything needs to be in a DevOps pipeline and... And that's and so maybe in the meeting you can have like the PMs get everybody at the high level know what's coming down the pipeline, and then if there's like detailed work to be done there, instead of doing it in the meeting, we just do it in in our subgroups. Is the idea exactly? And then report that back up to kind of the main group, and say this is what you know the software development subgroup recommends. Yeah, 
you know, you guys hash it out and talk about it as a larger group yeah. and put the stamp of approval on it. Um, which leads to yet another question um, that I pitched to. Well, I didn't. I tried to, but I failed in the actual meeting that we were having. But it's a. It's it's kind of becomes a question of like, what is that group? What is the result of that group? Like, what are we trying? What is the end product? Right from the best practices architecture, whatever that group is called. Mm-hmm. Like, what what are they supposed to produce? And and I feel like we don't have that either nailed. And and to me, what they produce is number one documentation. Yeah. That can be followed by the groups or anybody that wants to uh, find out how to, be, you know, what the best practice is for connecting to our reporting system or connecting to, you know, building a new app of XYZ type, right? So you have a library of these these kind of best practices that the standards architecture, whatever you want to call it, team has put forth. Um, but then also we have, uh, I think, a what month, once a month tech team meeting. We do, yeah. Um, and and oftentimes we struggle to try and fill that in. So I think that's another valuable place where somebody can report, uh, you know, what was, what was discussed in the, bi- cause these are bi- biweekly. Yeah. Uh, right. the architecture and, um, standards committee meetings. So they can meet twice every, uh, every time, uh, during the month and then report that, uh, whatever they found or whatever they agreed upon during the tech team meetings. And, and that includes everybody in the tech organization. So I think it would keep everybody, you know, abreast of what's coming what's been decided, you know, that sort of thing. And I think that's very valuable. And yep. the other thing I'd like to add to that is, is all these subcommittees that are sitting underneath there, that gives everybody a voice at the table, regardless of, you know, if they're a senior or if they're brand new to the company, they can come into that, to that group and have their voice heard and their opinion heard and for sure make an impact, which I think is important. Yeah. It's good to get more people talking. I think one of the, and we, you know, we need to define the goals for the group, but I think there's some pretty obvious things that stick out to me like one we want to be more um as far as efficiency is concerned like we want to break down the silos right and so like the way we've run for a long time here was like we've got one or two domain experts on a particular project and they're the only ones that know how it works and so uh if you're going from one system to the next like there's a pretty steep learning curve usually associated with that because the way one project was written is completely different than the other one and you know um Gosh, if that guy got hit by a bus, we'd be screwed because like <laughs> nobody else has any of that knowledge. It's not yep. written down anywhere. It's just all, you know, in someone's head. And we've had that happen. We've lost people before that, you know, and and um, it, it was it was a loss for us because we didn't know we had to spend a lot of time kind of reverse engineering shit. Right. And so there's there's a big risk there to the company. I mean, it's a liability to have just one guy that just knows how this thing works. And so I think if we have these standards and we have these patterns and practices that we can apply across the software, across the whole tech stack, then um, ideally we can plug and play and different people can come in and be involved and not have uh, too much of a difficult time trying to get ramped up. Yeah. And I feel like I keep making like a higher, a bigger and bigger hierarchy here, but I feel like there's another piece missing too. And I think LendingTree is very good about this portion of it. They have a, a, a set of values that they tout very heavily mm-hmm. and, and they live by them. And either we, I feel like we as quote wizard adopt those values and continue to use those and those influence our goals as well. Or we come up with our own um, or we add additional from the tech side. So if our values are that we want to be diverse or we want to be inclusive or we want to be, um, I don't know, don't have silos, whatever the values may be that we come up with, I think those need to also 
be included. So I think not only with the goals, but I think the values are important and we need to consider both yep. in this kind of flow as we go forward. So I guess once we got done with this exercise, like I just felt we were too f- so far down the road already um, with it or too far down the road. Like I feel like we need to take many, many steps back and say like, okay, what is the, what is the vision and the goal of the tech department? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's already done at a higher level than we even see, which sure. if that's the case, that's fine, but that needs to be um, pushed down so that we understand what those values and those goals are. Otherwise, I say let's like continue down that road and have discussions about what the goals of the team are um, and start there, and then we'll start building what this architecture and standards groups looks like or works on. Yeah, I think that'd be good. I think where the question that was posed was what, how we were going to organize or how we were going to, I think it was more of like an application life cycle. Wasn't that kind of part of the conversation? I don't even remember, to be honest with you. I thought it was more like a, just a brainstorming of what the group was, was going to focus on or what it was going to do, or I don't remember what, but it, but it just kind of spiraled out to a whole bunch of other things. Right. Um, And that's where the goal setting conversation came up from me i think i think i brought it up mostly but mm-hmm. um because i whiteboarded out like i said this hierarchy of kind of needs and i feel like we're missing a big chunk from above so yeah i feel like we need to fill in those blanks but yeah it would be good to to revisit this and i i think it's been helpful to have some time uh to to whiteboard and think about it a little bit more so we're going to revisit uh in a, what another week and a half probably two weeks yeah i would imagine something like that and i think we need to we, you know you and i sat in my in my office and we kind of whiteboarded it and noodled yeah. around on it a little bit and then um our uh well our boss's boss brad came into the to the office and, and checked it out briefly and didn't seem to have any problems with it or whatever, but you know, I think we kind of both wanted to sit on it, yeah, think about it a little bit, see what we felt about it a few days later, and that's kind of I think where we're still at. But I think it's an interesting discussion. You know, the whole goals and values discussion I think is pretty fascinating. Like the the company my wife works for, I'm I'm very very envious in in some ways um, of their company because they have also a very very clear and defined set of goals, and they they very much live by those. Mm-hmm. Like they may have other problems um, just like any other company does, but their goals are definitely something that they live by and that they, like when you look at that company, you can tell that that's like their guiding light. Yeah, and it's it makes a big difference. You know, my previous employer was the same way. We would have uh, quarterly goals and, well, really like at the end of the year, like we'd have a planning, net, you know, a planning session with uh, everybody and we would figure out for the next year what we were going to do and then we'd break it down step it back, you know, quarter by quarter. And then even like, well, this month, next month kind of a thing. And I think that's one area that we could really like, we need to flex that muscle a little bit more is like, we definitely operate more like that old startup in that way where we really don't have long-term planning, uh, at least on our level. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I think it does at the offsites to some degree, but I had, you know, we're not usually part of those things and we don't take the business goals that come out of that and break them into tech goals long-term. Right. Yeah, we don't continue downstream. Same, same, same problem, right? Yeah. Um, and that's an executive team retreat. So like that doesn't, it just doesn't flow down far enough. Yeah. 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 So, and, and I found that to be really helpful at the last place just because we knew, you know, kind of what was coming up and like what had to be done. And it was just, um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it helped them. The machine was oiled and I felt like it ran a lot better that way. And, and we're getting to that point where we can do that now, I think as well, because we used to be very, uh, um, we would task switch quite a bit. And, and I think over the last couple of years that that's really gone away. And now we do have um, 
kind of good alignment with business and we have the ability to focus on longer term projects. And, and I know that they've come back and said even this year, like we're not really bring there aren't really many new initiatives. It's going to be really about support and maintenance and keeping things going and making sure that the system is healthy. Inefficiencies. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's good. I think we need to identify these goals and then we can start to figure out how we organize uh, through this group. Um, especially because, you know, we're still pretty lean. I mean, I mean, it's like I said, 60 members, it's, it's not a small number now, but like with the amount of work that we support, the products that we support and the systems, uh, we're still pretty nimble in, in, in certain areas. And so everybody runs, runs lean and we need to have more people involved in other things. I think like Tonkin, the Everest project was such a, um, exciting prototype for us because we had nine people on the project, as we mentioned before, and, and just to see like what kind of throughput you get when you have that kind of focus and that many people, it was pretty exciting. And right. if we could apply that to other things, that would be, we'd have a lot of power there. Right. And that was an example, I think, of where they had a very clearly defined goal, right? We needed to get this new product, well, quite a number of different products pushed over the line by XYZ date, and they knew exactly what those products were. And we had yeah. most of them somewhat scoped. They weren't you know, completely scoped, but better than we have in the past. Mm -hmm. So, And I think um, one other thing to bring up here, and, and we haven't done this in quite a while, but I think this can kind of even come down into your personal life, right? Like we, we talked quite a bit in, in previous episodes way back when about a lot of various things, but I think goal setting is an important thing to do there as well. Like I used to, I used to do that quite a lot. I would, I would use it as like a new year's kind of exercise, right? I would say like, well, in this year, I want to run a marathon, you know, typical, not, I wouldn't even call them like new year's resolutions per mm -hmm. se, but I would say like, these are the things that I want to accomplish this year. Um, and I would try to make multiple types of goals. So there'd be like the long-term goal for the year, or maybe it'd be a multiple year goal. I don't know. It depends upon what the, the scope of the project was, but you have to make them realistic. Uh, and then I'd try and make sub goals of those, right? So like if I want to run a marathon by December, I'm going to try and run a half marathon by what, whatever date, right? So like you, I try to make them in, incremental and things that you can actually achieve so that you kind of like continue to, to create success, right? So more success creates more success. And so I don't know, I think, I think it's, it can be applied both in business and um, to your personal life or personal goals as well. There's an acronym for that. It was the SMART, SMART goals. Smart goals. Smart goal setting. Smart. It was uh, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. Hmm. I don't know if you've heard that before. No, I've never so, heard of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's probably a whole bunch of books on that or something. I don't know. I, I, it's something I've heard quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, I used to be really, really good at that, and I, and I would do it every year, but I, in the last couple of years or three or four years, I would say I haven't, um, and it's something I should get back to because... Um, like I said, it's very apparent to me, yeah. uh, with this business use case. Um, and now that I kind of like apply that to my life, I can kind of see that I don't do that and I can see why maybe like, I don't feel like I'm as productive or as, um, successful in some of the goals that, that I kind of in the back of my mind, I'm thinking about, but I never sit and like put them to paper I know. and like actually plan them out. And writing it down just makes such a difference. Like there's something about that. It really commits it to memory for me. I have to do that. I mean, I write a ton just because it's the, how I remember, you know, and, um, uh, and not even like I go back to the notes. It's just like even just writing it down once, like it helps stick for me. And I have to say, like, I do need to get back to that because um, I used to be a pretty regular goal setter and I used to have like kind of a year uh, in review and then also like, you know, the next year ahead, what I'm, what I want to achieve yep. and like a travel calendar and that sort of thing and personal goals. And um, honestly just got derailed with everything 
personally with all the personal life changes and the divorce and moving back. Like I kind of just like threw all that shit out. And, um, yeah, now that, you know, now that I'm kind of resituated, it'd be a good time to start getting back into that practice again and, yeah. and talk about it. I think it's a good thing to do. And I think we should put an article or a link to the, to the, what was it called? Smart planning. Yeah. Smart goal setting is just the, that setting. acronym. And they, they, you know, they'll talk a little bit more about, uh, about, um, you know, what, what those mean. Um, they, yeah, there's some really good stuff in here. So I'll send you that. I'll put that link out. And I think the, to your point too, like putting it on paper, there's something that like solidifies, you know, whatever it is that your goal is. Like for some reason, like if you just say it in your mind, like it's easy to just pass up, but as soon as you mm-hmm. write it down, it seems like it becomes much more of a codified thing that you must hit. I well, I have to say like, this is kind of funny and, and maybe it's not the most practical example, but, um, I did that with the travel piece. I mean, I have a travel journal that I just would like record my, my trips and like plan, uh, what I'm doing. And it was a big goal of mine for a long time to have the, the status, which is kind of cheesy. I mean, everybody, you know, there could be more, there's way more important things out there, but I disagree, but I wanted to have, I just wanted to have that, you know, frequent flyer thing. I just like, I like being in different places and new places. And so like even just being able to articulate that in the journal and write it down, it's really like gone crazy over the last three years. If I think about it, like three years ago, I really didn't do much travel at all other than maybe going to see my family, um, around the holidays or, you know, maybe we'd take uh, one big trip internationally. I started doing some international travel and do one big international trip and then just go see some family. And now, I mean, I was just looking at this, uh, uh, today, like last year at this time, I had taken 14 flights already <laughs> from Jan one to end of June, mainly because I was going back and forth from the office oh, in San Francisco. Yeah. Right. But, um, this year, even like being here, I've taken nine. So it's already kind of crazy. Like nine trips, the first half of the year I already have, you know, got status locked in on Delta and uh, Alaska. And I don't know, it's just interesting. Like when you, when you write it down you fo- and you have focus, uh, you get momentum and, and things start to happen. So. And, and what do you do with it once you write it down? So you've got a journal. Do you carry the journal with you every day? Like, is there a way that you kind of remind yourself of it? Or, or it, for me, I feel like once I've written it down, even if I'm not looking at it, like it's, it's still there. I know it's there and it's, yeah. it's kind of like locked and loaded and it's concrete. Right. Uh, even though I don't see it every day. Like I don't have to like hang it on my refrigerator or something like that. To, yeah, to I make it. I don't do that either. I don't have like sticky notes or any of that kind of shit. I just, I refer to it from time to time. And so like for me, generally speaking, like when I get back from a trip, then I'll open it up and like, you know, write down what I did and when I was, and what happened. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, it's not a regular thing just when, you know, ad hoc style. So very nice. Well, I think it was a good discussion. We we have more to unfold there and I think we'll have to come back to this, but this was a good one for this week to get into organizational and personal goal setting. I like that get back into the swing of things yeah exactly well thanks everybody for joining uh, our artwork is provided by Yerne the gentle giant you can always check out more of his work at instagram and that's www.coffeecodecast.com slash gentle giant check us out on facebook follow us on twitter at coffeecodecast or email us at coffeecodecast at gmail.com podcast is available from itunes spotify tune in stitcher google play music Radio Public, or wherever you get your podcasts. Find all of this and more on our website at www.coffeecodecast.com. Absolutely, sir. And if you like the show, jump on over to coffeecodecast.com slash review and give us a quick shout out. Positive 
negative or otherwise. Um, thanks for listening, and we'll be back on our regular schedule, I believe, next Wednesday. <laughs> Let's hope. For number 40. Yeah, there you go. Woo! Good night. All right, thanks, ma'am. 